Hello, welcome back to Proper Dictation. This episode will be called Generational Trauma-Rama. I'm deeply interested in talking about the mental stability of people that aren't real. Today, I have to explain the transgressions of imaginary generations to another imaginary generation. And while these characters are not are decidedly not real, their problems are. And that's why I find it poignant to delve into the psyche of literary characters. We'll start with fences, all right? Troy's unwavering will to provide always drives him to be a dad that wants to be better, but normally can't. He ends up regressing back to what he learned. Yes, I find that very important because um, black men historically are put in a position where the only thing that they feel that they can do for their families is to provide. Being there emotionally isn't as important to them because you know you're happy but we don't have food this doesn't exactly manifest one-to-one in Corey. Corey, rather than providing and placing his value on that places his value on his work and status as a means to generate validation from his peers see lions on the other hand represents an inverse ideal as the eldest son lions saw provision as a means to do bad and have an excuse for it This caused him to be ridiculed by others around him, especially Troy, because during his time, the most important height a man could achieve was his financial standing and power over his family. All right. I guess we should move on to Streetcar now. All right. Um, uh, Blanche carries the sins of multiple generations on her back after the exodus by Stella. Her perception of life and death is completely distorted by the time we meet her in the novel. See, her idea, it slowly morphs into this, her idea of life, excuse me, slowly morphs into this uneventful locomotion towards nothingness because all the deaths she's seen were unbearably sad and heartbreaking. So the only thing she can associate with life is holding on to that pain. And it's innately unbeautiful for her, which shakes her even more to her cure core because someone like Blanche is constantly reinforced by her appearance and losing that is a hell that supersedes death. Yeah. On the inverse, uh, Blanche's idea of death becomes increasingly animated as she starts to speak of it in a childlike, dreamlike manner because she sees it as a way to finally be free of the weight that her peers force upon her. See, Stella's trauma manifested as fear as opposed to extreme entropy. She gives in to the pressure around her, which drives her to run away from her familial ties and eventually lose herself in the process. Mm. It was really tough reading Streetcar. I'm not doing it ever again. I'm not picking up that book. I'm not looking at the Simpsons parody. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not looking at the TV version. I'm done. Bro, um, streetcar. That that was a tough read. Oh, that was so angry. <laughs> it did make us angry, bro. You Polak. Heated in my seat the whole oh class. Like, I, how am I going home angry at a character that isn't real? <laughs> and that we were forced to read about. <laughs> this, book, <laughs> like, this book is ruining my day. This is outrageous. All right. Um, throughout Amir's childhood, he was pampered and loved by most everyone around him. However, this does not save him from being inflicted with trauma of the previous generations. 
The only person who couldn't love or accept Amir fully was his father. Amir truly loved his father, though. This caused him to internalize disdain towards his father, considered as weakness. This resulted in many transgression of Amir's character, as because of his father's treatment, he could not escape the shell of a scared little boy pinned by his father's attention. This caused him to, you know, not be able to stand for about anything, whether it was defending his friend Hassan or just trying to get, uh, what was it, uh, when he had to get Hassan's son back, he just took the beating. Yeah, he so, couldn't fight back. Scared. Uh, and I believe his father had a quote. It went something like, um, uh, a boy who is too afraid to stand for himself becomes a man who can't stand for anything. Mm. You feel me? <laughs> like, like, that's... When, when you when you really think about it, that is like, that's very true. That's like a fifty cent level. Like that's like get rich or die trying. And that's why I think like having a father in your life, like or at least like a, a some type of strong character, whether it be a woman or a man, it doesn't really matter. Just someone to show you that things are worth standing for. You just have to have the courage to stand for it. Truly, bro. That's why anime saved an entire generation. That's of black men of fatherless children true because if goku wasn't there i don't know if my dad would have turned out the same because uh, he, he dead he dead lied to himself he fred trenton is not just you can't hard work your way out of it but he believes he can and hey hey i, I mean it pretty much worked <laughs> hey <laughs> hey <laughs> hey all right let's move on to hassan hassan's behavior however developed on a societal level even though Hassan had a loving father and a half-brother master, on a societal level, he was ridiculed constantly because of his his social status. This obviously affected how Hassan saw himself and the value of his life. However, it also is a direct contrast to Amir, because Amir has everything, but still resents Hassan. Hassan has nothing, but still loves Amir. This is because Amir acts like his father and doesn't acknowledge his feelings, of himself or really anyone else because entropy pride dictates most of his actions this sustains amir and keeps him thriving at the cost of those around him however hassan cannot bear the idea to inflict anything of what he experienced on others so he chooses to care for others overall even to the detriment of himself this is noble but ultimately does cost hassan everything hassan was was a real dude bro <laughs> I can't I can't say what I want to say, but he was a real dude, bro. True. He was hey. he was able to stand for anything and everything as long as he had a reason. Yeah, he had heart. He wasn't scared. All he needed was like like one block <clears throat> nineteen. Like that would have that would have changed the entire the entire course, story. <laughs> entire course of the book. He he would have become like a tyrant. There, no, he wouldn't have become a tyrant. He would have become um a leader of some sort. Right, would have come up hermit. Would have got out of there. Say this. Say the story took place in in Big Texas. He would be the sheriff. <laughs> I don't saying. He would be the sheriff. Big Texas. Nah. Hey, bro. Say this. If this took. Never mind. I'm not even finna. Never mind. <laughs> say this take place in fences. Man, if this took if this took place in Chirac, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. You're not touching my man in Chirac, though. Oh. Uh, oh my, what's, what is even, oh, Asaph, Asaph's house is just 
riddled with holes at yeah. the end of the day. Golly. <laughs> bro, could you imagine, bro? America's, like, completely, like, their whole power system is shifted comparatively to other countries. We yeah. don't even have the same, like... <laughs> that's like being in Naruto and then coming to the Dragon Ball verse. <laughs> like you can't go from somewhere that's like guns? We don't have those. Big Texas. <laughs> ASAP won't step foot in Big Texas. Nah, bro. <laughs> he needs to be the only one with guns. Okay. ASAP, bro. Honestly, if he was placed in New Jersey, you might rule it. Man, that's only because. Imagine taking over America starting in New Jersey. Alright, we're not even. Fin- Never mind. I'm just. <laughs> this is it to fuck it. I love talking about imaginary characters. Me too. Diesel. <laughs> Diesel. Let me get five on Diesel. $20 scratch off. Damn, I forgot you work at a gas station. How, how often do people ask for diesel? Bro, we don't have diesel. <laughs> diesel. Diesel. That's just how it ends. <laughs> <laughs>